Thank you, worship team, so much for leading us into God's presence. It's such a privilege to be here with you. And I'll see you again on Tuesday where I'm one of the presenters. And uh, it's with a heavy heart being here at uh, a church. I've known Pastor Felix since RCF was first started. And uh, may God meet us today and comfort us and strengthen us spiritually. Uh, my wife, Colleen, is here. And behind every preacher, there's... Yeah. There's a woman in the front row saying, Lord, help him. <laughs> That's Colleen, my college sweetheart. And then my son, Daniel. And uh, Daniel, back 17 years ago, I spoke at the old RCF building at a men's day. And on David and Goliath, my son, Daniel, was, was there. Thank you, Daniel, for being here. And Pastor Katani, we send our, our love to the Gilbert family. We love you so much. And I think it's very interesting that recently Pastor Felix has been teaching on unity. And the foundation of our unity is the love of God that's found in Jesus' name by the indwelling power of God's Holy Spirit within us that we receive by grace through faith. And uh, there'll be a picture up here of, of uh, Felix and Katani at the 20th anniversary of RCF. And I took it off of Topaz's uh, Facebook page. And uh, the uh, title that she put on there with that picture was how this picture was an illustration of the love that Pastor Felix and Katani had for each other and how they modeled that for the church. And we all know don't we? The unity that was between pastors Felix and Katani. Amen? You can give witness to that. It's a unity that was found in the unbreakable, the unshakable love of God. So for us to be unified, for us to experience the abundant life that, that Jesus promised us as his followers, for us to continue the, the mission and the legacy handed down to us by Pastor Felix. We need to daily be filled and hourly be led by the blessed Holy Spirit and to flow into that source of unity, which is the love of God. So if you join me in, in turning in your Bibles, whether that's on your phone or a physical Bible, if you would turn to 1 John chapter 4 this morning, let's meditate for a few moments upon God's Word, feed our hearts from bread from heaven here in, in 1 John. First John 4, verses 7 through 11 and then down to verse 19. Beloved, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we may live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Verse 19. We love because God first loved us. 
If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For everyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must love his brother. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are here. You promise never to leave us or forsake us. You promise if two or more are gathered together in the name of Jesus, there you are in the midst of them. But Lord, we don't want you to be the observer of what is taking place here in worship. We want you to be at the center. We want you to flow. We need spiritual food, Lord, to strengthen us in our time of grief. And so, Lord, we would ask that the Spirit of God would speak through the Word of God to the people of God, that you would meet each person here and their hearts would be strangely warmed by experiencing you. And we would give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' precious name, and all God's people in agreement said, Amen. The scripture begins in verse 7 by saying, Beloved. And so that reminds us of who God is, but it reminds us of who we are, that we are God's children. That you were knit together in your mother's womb. That God knows you by name, that he's written your name upon the palms of his hands, the word tells us. And then we are twice his because we were bought back to him by the blood of Jesus Christ. That God doesn't make any mistakes and God doesn't make any junk and we are made in his image, you are made in his image. And so John was saying beloved with two meanings on that. First of all, to remember that God loves you. But then also John was saying, I love you, beloved. And this reminds us that God never asks us to do something that he isn't willing to give us the ability to do. And so he does not ask us to love one another without first living and experiencing and receiving his love for us. But his love for us is to be a river. It's a river of life that flows to us giving us life, but then that river is to flow. A swamp is when a river is stopped up and the water doesn't move, and it stinks, and it becomes stagnant. And the love of God is to flow through our lives. It is to flow into your life, and so there's a richness in your spirit in the midst of this world that is so broken and messed up. But then it is to flow from our hearts through our hands to one another, to love one another. Why? Because you are beloved, because I am beloved. We are just giving to one another what God has given to us in Christ Jesus. Now in English, love is a very imprecise word. We speak of loving our wives and then we talk about loving our dog. We talk about loving our kids, then we love ice cream, or we love the Lakers. I saw a Lakers hat over here, and I like the, the Nuggets, but the Lakers are the best franchise in the history of the NBA. I'll argue all day for that. I saw them play as an eight-year-old when Wilt Chamberlain was their center, and Jerry West was their shooting guard, and I've been a Lakers fan ever since, and so is my son. Amen, son? Yeah, there you go. But hopefully we don't mean the same thing when we say, I love my wife and I love the Lakers. 
Hopefully we don't mean the same thing, very imprecise. But the Greek language is different. There's four different words in the Greek language that are used for love because they understood that not every love is, is the same. There's different kinds of love. So the first Greek word is philos, and that's brotherly love. Remember Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love? They don't really live up to that, but that's what the name means. And uh, this is the love that bonds us together with people that are like me. Philos gives us a sense of belonging. It can, it can be part of our identity, and it's good to belong. We need to belong. Human beings that don't belong will do the craziest things to belong, and that's philos. Eros is another Greek word that it means passionate, physical, sexual love. Physical intimacy that we can't experience any other way. It's that romantic sense of falling in love, which makes us giddy and drunk with love. I remember when I first met Colleen and how that felt. And pastors Felix and Katani, hearkening back to that picture, modeled the beauty of deep love between a husband and wife, eros. Then there's storge, another Greek word. It means affectionate love. It's when we say we love our dog or we love uh, to play guitar, or we love the Lakers again, or we love a forerunner. We're talking about what the Greeks meant by storge love. It's, it's an affection. It's enjoyment of something that resonates with who you are. You may really love, you be a geek and really love technology, and for some of the rest of you, that's just like, you got to be kidding me, hit me over the head with a hammer. That doesn't resonate. We have different kinds of loves. But not having any passions or any interests in life make us boring and dull individuals. Part of what makes you, you, are the things that resonate with you. Are you a gearhead? That's, that's storge. And it puts a zip, a zest in life. Each one of these three loves, philos, eros, and storge, are human loves, and they have their place in life. And in their proper place, they really make life better for us. But because we are human beings, because we are imperfect and flawed as human people, human love has a shadow side. Human love has its limits, and human love, if it's taken too far, instead of being a source of life, becomes a source of death. Philos, Eros, and Storge, because their human love are just not strong enough to be an eternal love are not strong enough to get us from death to life, is not strong enough to overcome the problems that not only we have individually, but the problems we have seven billion people on this planet trying to get along. You see, what's the shadow side of human love? What's the shadow side of philos? If we make philos the foundation of our life, we become tribal. We become prejudicial to people who are not like us. And when we do that, we begin to exclude those who aren't part of our group. Philos alone is, is a, a reason that conservatives hate progressives and progressives despise conservatives. Philos turns us against those who are not part of my group. You see, when philos is the foundation of life, things like racism and injustice are acceptable because we begin to depersonalize, dehumanize people that are not like us. 
And with Philos taken too far, I must protect my tribe and then be afraid and exclude people who are not like me. What's the shadow side of Eros? Probably no more pain has been uh, inflicted upon humanity, especially upon women, than Eros love exalted as the highest or the only kind of love. In marriage, Eros can be an expression of intimacy, but in an adulterous affair, Eros destroys lives and families. Colleen and I taught our kids, Daniel can give witness to this, that we taught them that sex is like fire. When it's in the fireplace, it warms the house. But when the carpet is on fire, it burns down the house. Storge. What's the shadow side of that? When we make storge love the center of our lives, we become selfish. It becomes about my hobbies and my comfort and, and my convenience are all more important to me than God's will or you. We don't serve one another. We don't sacrifice for others because it gets in the way of my comfort, my hobbies, what I want to do. So I begin to take more better care of my Ford F-250 than I do my grandmother. And that's not right. In my neighborhood, there's, there's a neighbor, a wonderful lady. She's, she's one of the nicest people in our neighborhood. And she has a sign in her yard that says, Love is Love. Have you seen those signs? And uh, what she means by this is, is wonderful. She wants less hate. She wants more kindness, more equality in the world, and I applaud that, don't you? I think our world would be a lot better with all of that. But now, knowing what I know about the four different kinds of love that are in the New Testament, I have to go back and say, well, what do we mean love is love? Let's think about that for a moment. And a mistake that our culture is making, and it's leaving broken people in its wake, it's one of the reasons teen suicide is up. It's one of the reasons that drug abuse is up. Is because like the ancient Greek and Roman cultures were confusing sex and love. Sex in its proper place can be an expression of love. But when we sexualize love, we open up ourselves to brokenness and pain, sexual harassment, child abuse, rape, pornography, venereal disease. They're all causes of immense pain and shame because they're all eros gone wild. You see, the Bible is clear. The fire of sex is reserved only for the fireplace of marriage. And the church and our families are to be places, sanctuaries, of pure, healthy love. That's why it says in 1 Timothy 5.2, treat older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. Our love for one another is not to be sexualized. Fathers should deeply be crazy in love with their daughters, but with a pure love, not with a sexual, uh, lustful passion. Church isn't to be a place to hook up, but it's to be a healthy place, a safe place, with deep, incredible love, but pure love, God's love. It's supposed to be a healing place for the vast majority of us who have been broken by sex. 
Then to Pastor Felix's point on unity, philos cannot hold and keep us together. Philos, tribal love, brotherly love, taken too far, divides us into tribes who are suspicious and antagonistic toward those not like us. In the book of James, you'll remember what he said. He said, if, if a rich man comes into your service and you say, hey, come up front and sit down here and can I get you a glass of water and what do you need and so forth because, you know, he's a rich guy so maybe he'll do business with me and maybe he'll invite me to go to the lake and water ski on his boat and all these kind of fun things. And then it says in the scripture, that's a little bit, that isn't all in the scripture, but that's what he meant, Okay. Then he says, if a poor man comes in and you're like, okay, sit back over there because you're stinky and smelly and you're scary and I, I don't want to get a disease from you. And, and it says in the book of James, it should not be that way. You see, philos shows favoritism. I like you. I have things in common with you, so you come sit by me. But you, I'm kind of scared of you because I don't understand you, so I'm going to just kind of ignore you. That's not the way it's to be. That's not the love of God. So when we speak, when the Bible speaks of God's love, it speaks of loving one another. And when it even speaks of loving our enemies as ourselves, it's not talking about philos. It's not talking about eros. It's not talking about storge. It's not talking about human love. It's talking about God's love, agape. A totally different word. Agape love is one that gladly sacrifices. It's a love which includes those who in the flesh are not like me. Or in the flesh, I don't think I have much in common with them. But making them part of my family circle in my heart. A love which genuinely cares and does what is a blessing for others. When Pastor Felix and I went on a mission trip to Ethiopia, that's what we experienced there. It was his first time in Ethiopia. It was my about third time to Ethiopia. And you get together with the church, and Pastor Felix is their brother in Christ. And guess what? Dennis is their brother in Christ. And guess what? Pastor Felix and Dennis are brothers in Christ, and we're brothers with the church in Ethiopia. Because God's love includes all of God's people. That is such good news. Look down, if you would, at verses 8 through 11. It says, Whoever does not love, uh, does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we may live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So this tells us that all pure, righteous, holy, lasting love is from God. There is no love, that kind of love, without God. And this love is supernatural. It doesn't come natural to you and I. You, just, you have little kids, and this is mine, not yours. Don't you take my toys, right? Or at least my kids, anyway, excluding my son here, who is absolutely perfect. But what we have is this supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts, filling us with God's love. Human love won't satisfy my soul. Human love is like candy. You know, I always yearn for more, but when I binge on it, I feel just a little sick. 
But God's love is satisfying to the deepest part of who I am. So Pastor Felix was teaching on unity is something that we desperately need in our lives, in our families, in our church, and in our world. We live in a deeply divided world, don't we? And so we come to this love of God that is found in God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Lord, I'm still a pastor, but He has me ministering in the marketplace after 33 years of ministering in churches. And the other day, because of my job, I, I needed to call a, a plumber in to help one of my clients, their, their place. And, and the plumber showed up. And the plumbers that I've been around, by and large, are overweight white guys that when they bend over, you have to look away because it shows <laughs> too much. You know what I'm saying? Without saying it. And uh, the plumber showed up, and it was a black guy with dreadlocks. So I've got a black guy with dreadlocks, and you've got a white guy with no locks. This sounds like a setup for a joke, huh? And uh, we were together for an hour and a half working on this, this project and so forth, and come to find out, very, very different, but all kinds of things in common. Both of us born in Washington State and so forth, and so if you need a good plumber, Mike Waller is your guy. I can, I can hook you up with this guy. And what my point is, is my point is that life is better with diversity. God knew what he was doing and not making us all the same. Man, praise the Lord. My, my youngest daughter, she's a nurse at Swedish, and in college she uh, fell in love with a Brazilian national foreign exchange student by the name of Pedro, who I now work with. And they got married, and they have a little girl named Juju, one of my grandchildren. And, and Juju brings a spice to our family that we didn't have before. Daniel's daughter, Shiloh, is blonde and blue-eyed and an introvert, and, and Juju is Brazilian, and she br comes into a room and she lights that place up. And our family, isn't that the truth? And our family is so much better because of that. Do you realize that our unity, scripturally, is not found in uniformity, but it's found in our diversity? That's what 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 is all about. You see, friends, it's natural for me to love my tribe. It's, it's easy for me to be attracted to a beautiful woman. It's easy to be into my music and my hobbies. But what will heal our souls, what will heal our families, what will heal our communities is the love that Jesus showed on the cross, the perfect love of God. And beloved, here's the good news. None of us will be completely perfect this side of heaven. None of us will. We're flawed human beings, but we can be filled with the Holy Spirit and we can become better and, and healthier. We can experience God's supernatural love because God's love is what takes our blame, it covers our shame, and it washes away our stain by the blood of Jesus. Zephaniah 3.17 said this, the love uh, your God, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you and his love. He will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. You'll see a picture right here in September 6, 2018. And if the worship team would come up, please. Dallas police officer Amber Geyer 
shot 26-year-old Botham Jean who was sleeping on his couch in his apartment in Dallas. Geiger claimed she was confused and thought she was in her apartment and she thought that Botham was an intruder. Very thin story. Not only was Geiger a police officer, but she also is white. Not only was Botham in his apartment, but he is black. So not only was this a senseless murder, but it touched on the deep wounds of white injustice of blacks in American history. Yet the other part of the story is at the trial when Geiger was convicted of murder, Botham's brother, Brand, hugged his brother's killer and said to her, and I quote, you, if you were truly sorry, I know I can speak for myself, I forgive you, and I know if you go to God and ask him, he will forgive you too. Brand's forgiveness for his brother's senseless murder wasn't easy. He had second thoughts. He struggled with anger, hurt, and frustration as all of us would. But as a follower of Christ, he chose to follow God's love. You see, forgiveness isn't natural. It's supernatural. And we don't need human tribalism love or human sexualized love. What we need is God's perfect love to bring us together. So, beloved, this morning we gather together with heavy hearts, grieving the loss of our pastor, Felix. And then we wake up tomorrow morning and we have to face the stress, the craziness of life. So the question facing us in light of the scripture this morning is, will we lean on our own understanding or will we trust in the Lord with all of our heart? We will just look at things from a human standpoint or say, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Oh God, left to myself, I am selfish. But Lord, fill me with your love. Somehow help me to love others. Somehow like Christ loves us. And we give God glory for that. You see, beloved, Pastor Felix dedicated his life to the message of God's restorative grace and love found in Jesus Christ. That's why this church is named Restoration Christian Fellowship. It wasn't just a catchy name. It's what he believed and he dedicated his life to. It's what he had experienced in his own life. And I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. Now Pastor Felix has run his race. He's received his eternal crown. So the issue facing us is will we pick up the baton? and follow Jesus all the way like Pastor Felix. It's time for us to step up and run the race together until the Lord calls us home. So this morning we grieve, we hurt, we get tired, we make mistakes, but we must never give up. Lamentations 3 says this, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I hope, because of the Lord's great love. Say that with me. Because of the Lord's great love. Say it with me again. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. 
Let's stand together for prayer. If your heart is hurting, if you're weary and burdened this morning, then just put your hands out. Putting your hands out like a child that's receiving a, a present from their beloved mother or father. And just give God the burdens of your heart right now. With the eyes of faith, see God taking those things from you and now giving you a wonderful gift, a beautiful gift, a gift worth more than all the money in the world. And what is that gift? It's himself. Because every good thing is found in God. You were created to know God, to worship God, to find life in God. We have our next breath because of God. We have eternal life. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray for each person here that as they reach out to you with their faith, you would touch them with your grace. Lord, fill us with a love unquenchable, unshakable, eternal, righteous, perfect. The love of Christ. Oh Lord, may our identity be as dearly loved children of God and may our mission be to love our neighbor as ourself. Help us, Lord, as Satan tries to divide us, to stay united in the love that is only found in Christ Jesus. We love you, Lord. We praise you in Jesus' precious name.